Good Sunday morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the program all of you look forward to listening to the Money Wise Radio Show brought to you by our good friends at USA Wealth Group. Ray Lance, good morning. Good morning, Phil. Good to be with you. Thank you. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. We're so happy to be here. And this morning we have with us Attorney Tenny Lance. One of my favorites. (laughs) Good morning, everyone. Tenny does a great deal of work in the area of Medicaid planning and helping people protect their assets from a nursing home, which is a huge concern for many, many people. And we thought it was appropriate this morning to talk about some ideas of protecting your home and specifically about long-term care insurance and what are some of the kinds of things that can be done to protect your house. But we, we do want to focus on long-term care insurance as well. I know I get a lot of calls in my own business about long-term care insurance, and a lot of people think that it's uh, fairly expensive, but it's all relative. For example, we carry car insurance for our cars, and if you never have an accident, if you think about it, you spend money every year for your car insurance, but it's money that's out the window, but you can't drive your car without car insurance. We do the same thing if we have Um, A place that we rent, we have rental insurance, or if we own our house, we have homeowner's insurance. Mm -hmm. And these are things that you don't ever get a return back on if you never use them. So long-term care insurance is a little bit like that in a way. And um, we're going to talk a little bit about that. But let's talk a little bit first about some things that are important in our lives, like do you know where the safest place is to put your money, Phil? Um, let's see. Where have been some of my favorite hiding places? Under the mattress? <laughs> That's too common. Almost. almost. <laughs> in the uh, freezer? Yeah, you can do it in the freezer also. <laughs> well, I'm going to give you an idea about how to double your money, first of all. So write this tip down, ladies and gentlemen. If you're listening, the safest way to double your money is to fold it over and put it in your pocket. <laughs> But what's the safest place to hold your money? Uh, probably in your wife's pocketbook. <laughs> well, in any event, um, we do have to be very careful about our expenses and how we spend our money. And um, I'm uh, having a good time with my microphone this morning. It keeps going, it's falling down on me, and I'm, I'm going to be down on my knees before the show is over. I can't get this to uh, adjust. Well, let me give you some um, additional information from our dear friend, Ben Franklin. Ben Franklin said, beware of little expenses. A small leak will sink a great ship. There you go. A small leak. the trick. (laughs) If your microphone is dropping, raise Raise it it higher. (laughs) High. High up. (laughs) Well, thanks. That's that's wonderful. What we need is a little common sense technical help in the studio. Thank Mm -hmm. you. Thank you, Larry. I appreciate it. So onward and upward. We're going to talk about protecting your house. And most people have uh, a real concern about your house because it's the largest single asset that most of us have. And people work all their lives to pay their mortgage down and pay their mortgage off. And they hope to be able to leave it to their family and to leave it to their children. And boy, if nursing home care is required today and you don't have insurance for it, for example... It can break you in a heartbeat. I want to give you a couple of examples, and these numbers have been updated, ladies and gentlemen, in the last 24 hours. 
if you were a private pay patient in Hathaway Manor in New Bedford, for example, the cost to stay in a private room is now $383 per day, which is $11,490 per month. And on an annual basis, it's $137,880. That's a lot of money, $138,000 a year for one year stay as a private pay patient. Uh, for a semi-private patient, if you're in a, a, a room with one other person, it's a little bit less expensive. It's probably $20,000 less per year. But $138,000 a year, Alden Court in Fairhaven is $392 a day. It's $11,760 a month. And on an annual basis, it's $141,000. $120 for one year stay as a private pay patient. And again, the cost of a individual who's uh, staying in a semi-private room, it's probably about $15,000 less than that. But the idea of spending $138,000 or $141,000 a year, if you don't have insurance, it will break you very, very quickly. And if you have money saved, it'll take all of your money away. Now, Tenny, um, I know you do work in the area of Medicaid planning, and obviously somebody can qualify for Medicaid, but I guess they have some spend-down rules first, don't they? Medicaid is a very complicated, complex uh, program that is run with both state and federal money, and it's a program primarily designed for poor people. So, yes, if you are a single person and you need assistance paying for your nursing home on a long-term care basis, you have to have only $2,000 in what's called countable assets. That means uh, cash in the bank or annuities or stocks or whatever, only $2,000 worth. So in other words, it's a program really for poor people, and if you have assets, you have to become poor before you qualify for it. Is that essentially correct? Well, that's what the state expects you to do, yes. Um, many people blame this whole situation on nursing homes and how nursing homes are going to come and take your assets and take your house. It really is not the nursing home's fault. Uh, nursing homes have very high costs, and they can't do much about that. Uh, it is the state, through the Medicaid program, that sets the rules. I think that's a very good point. So. When we sometimes say don't lose your house to the nursing home, that right. really is a little bit of a misnomer, isn't it? Because it really is the state that makes you spend down your money before you qualify for Medicaid. Mm -hmm. In order to be on the Medicaid program, you have to apply to the uh, Department of, of Health with the state of Massachusetts. So uh, it is a, an application that goes through, in our neck of the woods, the Taunton office, uh, of the state, and they review all kinds of detailed information about you before they make a decision. I'd like to make one other distinction, though. You may be coming to this, Ray, but I want to make sure that people understand that there is a difference between Medicaid paying for long-term care in a nursing home and Medicare, which is health insurance. Mm, right. That's a good point. And I think that's important to even talk about a little bit further. A lot of people think that, well, if I'm 65 years old and I've signed up for Medicare, won't that take care of me if I have to go to a nursing home? It does not. 
It does not pay anything toward the nursing home. Medicare is a program that pays for hospitals and doctors and uh, limited nursing care, but it is a health insurance program, as are the supplemental plans that most people pick up to accompany Medicare. Medicare has deductibles and co-pays and all those other sorts of things, so people generally pick up a Blue Cross, Blue Shield, or a Harvard Pilgrim or a United Health Supplement plan. But those things only pay, as I said, for doctors, hospitals, drugs, and so forth. Okay, so the first important point today, then, is that Medicare will not take care of your cost in a nursing home. Now, I always thought that if you had to have skilled care, that Medicare might pay for a couple of months or something like that. The Medicare program has very definitive rules. What it says is that if you have spent three nights in a hospital, admitted to that hospital, and then go to a nursing home for rehabilitation, you can have Medicare pay for up to 100 days in a nursing home, but only really for rehab, not if you are there on a long-term basis, not undergoing rehab services. I guess we should probably mention, too, that Long-term care doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to end up in a nursing home. You could have somebody come in your house and take care of you, for example, right? Yes. Um, we're sort of jumping around, but yep. yes, um, long-term care can be done certainly in a home, and most people would prefer that. It's not really all that much cheaper, however, if you need care 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Pretty much the care that you would get uh, in a nursing home would be the same cost that you would pay at home if you needed that level of care. However, if you only needed uh, somebody to come in and be a companion while you're uh, awake, uh, cook some meals, do a little cleaning, or those sorts of things, that can be much less expensive to do it at home. And I think it's historically true that probably more women are going to need long-term care than men because I guess men don't live as long, for one thing. Well, we have lots of different statistics about that. The, um, there was a study done by Kimur and Murtog in the New England Journal of Medicine recently, and what that said is that 52% of women age 65 or older will end up needing long-term care at some point or another. So uh, when I do my seminars, I always say to people, look around you. Every other one of you here, ladies, are going to end up in a nursing home, unfortunately. So how do we define long-term care? I mean, there must be some testing that's required. How do you know if you need to go to a nursing home or if somebody in your family needs to go to a nursing home? Are there tests for that? Well, the, um, the state through the Medicaid program says that if you are unable to do two activities of daily living every day, that you probably need long-term care. And those activities are things that we all do every day, like eating, dressing, bathing, mobilizing, toileting and maintenance of continence, transferring, if you are in a bed, you have to get up and get to a chair, and other routine necessities. So 
if you can't do two of those kinds of things, then the state believes that you need to be in a nursing home. And I, I guess also if you're taking care of a family member, you really know when somebody is no longer able to take care of themselves. Well, it's, it's very difficult, especially for spouses. Spouses are determined to keep each other together and at home. And so oftentimes the well spouse or the one who is not quite as infirmed has a very hard time being the caregiver. I, um, I had a client whose wife um, was paralyzed and in a nursing, I mean, in a, a wheelchair and so he would have to lift her to move her from one place to another. And he developed very serious hernias, and eventually um, he had to put her in a nursing home. And he, he literally cried when he had to do that. It's hard. Very sad. Very. You know, sometimes as much as we have good intentions, we just physically are not able to take care of a spouse, for example. So um, let's talk about getting old in general, Phil. <laughs> Let's not. <laughs> I want to give you a famous Greek proverb, which says, and this is for not just for you, but it's for all of us, Phil. Okay. Uh, gray hair is a sign of age, not wisdom. <laughs> that's a Greek proverb. And I guess that's the truth, isn't it? It certainly is. But I found some funny sayings on uh, growing old and aging and so forth. Uh, Nancy Astor from uh, New York said, I refuse to admit that I am more than 52, even if that does make my sons illegitimate. (laughs) (laughs) And then, of course, one of my favorites also is Lucille Ball, who said, the secret of staying young is to live honestly, eat slowly, and lie about your age. (laughs) (laughs) She was terrific. Absolutely. (laughs) I wish that uh, we had a... A Lucy and Desi show again today. Those were great times, weren't they? Terrific. Just laughing at them Wonderful. made you feel better. You bet. Yeah. You know, the, mm-hmm. the, the shows on television today, unfortunately, are all about sexual innuendo and, and gross Violence. humor. And, gee, they just Oof. don't have the, the skills that they had in some of those older programs. Or maybe I'm aging gracefully. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> well, yeah. you know, when you talk about... Who's going to need to go into a nursing home and women versus men and that sort of thing? I always think about our family because your mother always made you insist and swear to her that she, that you would not put her in a nursing home. Well, the poor soul yep. was doing things like turning off the circuit breakers for her electric heat. Uh, she was leaving things on the stove and let them boil over. Yep. And we, of course, were working, and we'd come home to find these horrible things. Sure. She would have conversations with the weatherman on television. Oh, oh yes, she right. really liked the You know, I still do. So. <laughs> well, you do, huh? We'd well, come the, in her house, and she'd introduce us to the weatherman. <laughs> this is my son. <laughs> well, the weather lady, maybe I can understand, Phil, but not the, not the weatherman. <laughs> well, my favorite was when... Um, my uh, mother called the fire department because she turned on a lamp and the bulb flashed out, which sometimes happens. Of course. Oh, yeah. She thought that there was a fire in the lamp, so she called the fire department (laughs) and they they drove their fire trucks all over my grass, which was interesting. (laughs) (laughs) But they did come. Uh (laughs) But, But further to our family story, my mother was in a nursing home for seven years. She, when my father died, she was pretty unable to handle uh, everyday kinds of things. And so we tried a cooperative living style for her for a while, but eventually we knew that she couldn't live alone. She wasn't cooperative either. <laughs> no. 
so unpleasant. Poor Florence spent the last seven years of her life in a nursing home, and we were able actually to determine the difference in costs between Massachusetts, where I lived, and North Carolina, where my brother lived, and it was about half the cost down there. Really? So if you're exploring for your family, you might think about other kinds of places. In any case, she lived seven years in a nursing home, but both of our fathers died fairly quickly of medical issues of one type or another. So that statistic that we looked at before seems to be true for us. And the other thing that we've said, Phil, is that uh, for Tandy and I, both of our mothers ended up in a nursing home and Mm -hmm. both had dementia-related issues. Right. So the likelihood is that either Tandy or I could have similar problems in the future. Right. And I keep saying, it's not going to be me. (laughs) What did you just say? I can't remember. (laughs) Well, it's a problem. You know, my mother always, uh, she went to the Dartmouth Council on Aging, but she used to always come back and say, I'm really not sure I like being there with all those old people. <laughs> and that's what, sort of what Bernard Baruch said. He said, to me, old age is 15 years older than I am. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so we're all in denial about this. Uh-huh. But you can't be in denial because it's a very costly process. Uh, if you want to apply for uh, Medicaid, uh, for example, Tenny, let's say you're a single person. What kind of assets could a single person keep if they went to a nursing home? Um, as we said, you can only keep a value of $2,000 in what is called countable assets, which means cash or stocks or savings bonds or all those sorts of things. <clears throat> Excuse me. But um, as far as personal things go, you can keep all of your personal and household effects if you are able to hold on to your house. You can keep any jewelry that you have because they don't count jewelry at this point. And you can keep one car, and I've never really understood that because why would you want a car if you're a patient in a nursing home? But in any case, um, you can have a burial plot, and in fact, you can have a burial plan. You can make an arrangement with a funeral home and prepay them for your funeral, and you can do that up to the cost of Ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars. You can have a very elaborate funeral, and the state won't dislike that. Mm-hmm. So basically, if you're a single person, you're limited to roughly two thousand dollars worth of something that you can keep, and pretty much everything else will be spent down. Is that correct? Yes, the house is a special case. Um, you are allowed to keep your house for some period of time, but uh, it is likely to accumulate a lien. And the lien is what your estate owes back to the state of Massachusetts for the cost of whatever they provided for your care. Mm -hmm. Now, Tenny, I know you do a lot of Medicaid planning, and I know it's also true that if somebody does planning far enough in advance, you can put things in a way that they can be protected. So planning is essential Let's tell folks, first of all, how to reach you, Tenny, if, if they want to talk to you, and where do you work, and how do they reach you? I'd be happy to speak with you about any of these kinds of issues. We are located at 352 Fonts Corner Road in Dartmouth, and that is pretty much across from the Vanity Fair complex. Uh, our phone number is 508-998-8800. And I know you do do a fair amount of uh, Medicaid pre-planning work. 
Can you also do work at the last minute to protect assets if somebody suddenly has to go into a nursing home? It's much easier to do that if you are a couple. But even as a single person, there are some things that we can do. We can, as I said, prepay your funeral expenses. We could do an immediate annuity for you, um, those sorts of things. But it's relatively limited what you can do as a single person. Uh, I'll talk in a little bit about ways that your house might be saved, but we'll go there in a minute. Okay. And um, also I want to mention um, that I know you do things called a declaration of homestead, which is designed to protect the house from creditors. Does a homestead declaration protect somebody's assets from the nursing home, their house, for example? Not at all, unfortunately. Um, anything that is a governmental lien, like a tax lien or a Medicaid lien, is not protected through the homestead. Mm-hmm. So one of the things we need to try to encourage people to do then, I guess, is to uh, plan ahead and plan early. And I guess that would include having appropriate documents in place. Yes. Remember that in order to protect any of your assets, you have to do so five years before you enter a nursing home. And uh, as far as documents go, there are a number of things that you should have in place. Legal documents, they range from adorable power of attorney to your health care proxies to a valid estate plan and so forth. And we'll talk about those in a minute. Okay, so we'll come back in just a couple minutes and talk about that. But I do want to mention, Phil, that there was a, a Greek philosopher called Euripides. Oh, yes. And he said... <coughs> we were related. You were? Yes. Is that your middle initial? <laughs> Philip E? No, it's not Philip E. He said, if we could be twice young and twice old, we could correct all our mistakes. <laughs> I guess that's another way of saying hindsight is twenty twenty. But there isn't actually a very important personal lesson there, and that is do some planning so that you don't make the mistakes and you don't lose the assets. Right. So we're talking this morning with attorney Tenny Lance from Lance Law, Inc., and we'll be back in just a couple of minutes. We're going to talk more about long-term care insurance and what it does and what it doesn't do and what it costs and some other things that you can do to protect your house and your assets from the uh, incredibly high cost of a nursing home. Mm-hmm. So we'll be right back. Stay tuned. Welcome back to the Money Wise Radio Show, brought to you by our friends at USA Wealth Group. Folks, they disseminate so much great information. What a wonderful public service it is that you provide, Ray. Well, thank you so much, Phil. And uh, thank you for listening every week, ladies and gentlemen. I'd like to remind our listeners that we have a lot of information in the office. We're happy to provide to you with no obligation. You don't have to come in, although you're welcome to. We'd be happy to send it in the mail to you. Uh, For example, I have a nice report called Information on Long-Term Health Care, which is put out by USA Wealth Group. And we can provide that upon request. Just give us a call at 508-998-8858, and we'll be happy to send you a copy of that, Mm -hmm. or information on Social Security and any of the other topics that we discuss. And um, long-term care insurance or long-term care, as we've talked about, um, roughly half of the population is going to need some kind of long-term care assistance. 
whether it's in-home care, it might be temporary care, right. hopefully for all of us in this room, mm-hmm. hopefully for all of you listening. But some people will end up having to be in a nursing home. And we've talked at the beginning of the hour about how incredibly expensive it is. $138,000 a year, $141,000 a year. Those numbers are staggering. So if you had that much money in a bank account, for example, in one year, all that money could be lost to be pay for a nursing home. So welcome back, Tenny, and thank you for taking some time to be here this morning. Thank you for having me. And um, I think I'll keep her for a while. I think you should. How long have you uh, been married? We don't count anymore. We've lost count. That's part of our growing old process. <laughs> we met each other when we were 14. My goodness, that is so awesome. That's a so very we long we time We won't ago. talk about how old we are now, <laughs> but it was decades ago. <laughs> but, you know, growing old is, is um, not the worst thing in the world, is it? It's, it's better than the alternative, I oh, always yes, tell people. That's right. <laughs> and uh, we all want to live as long as we can. Uh, my dear friend Plato, oh, yes. for example, once said, old age is a great sense of calm and freedom. When the passions have relaxed their hold, you have escaped, not from one master, but from many. Uh-huh. He was a wise man. Sounded like he got very old and didn't have any more passion left in his life. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, <sighs> We'll have one more quotation, but not from Plato. So let's come back to our topic of long-term care, Tenny. I mean, it's such an exciting thing to talk about. <laughs> um, I like to think about nursing homes and all the nurses running around and giving you massages and feeding you. I think you said once that you didn't care if you were in a nursing home someday because somebody would bathe you and they'd feed you and, and so forth. But I don't feel that way. I'd rather be hungry and dirty. <laughs> <laughs> well, then maybe alone. <laughs> Man cave. <laughs> oh, I meant then, then to be in a nursing home is what I, I meant. <laughs> no, I've always said, you know, assisted living in particular is a, is a wonderful way to live. You have someone clean your room and you have someone do your laundry and someone cook your meals. All of the kinds of things that I don't absolutely love to do. Mm-hmm. Nobody has to uh, pick up after you anymore, right? Or you don't have to pick what? up after yourself anymore. Oh, Right. That's more accurate. So let's talk about a, a married couple, and one spouse has to go to a nursing home. Are the rules a little bit different for what the at-home spouse gets to keep? They are different, and uh, the amount that the at-home spouse can keep has uh, just about, it will, it will go up at the beginning of 2015. So uh, this existing year, it's 117000 it will go up to 119000 in 2015. But that's very little money when you really think of it. So that's, that's what's that, left for the community spouse to live on for the rest of her or his life. So the community spouse is the one who's at home. Yes, I'm sorry. Yes, that's the definition. MassHealth uses um, different terms to describe different things. For example, the person in the nursing home is gently called the institutionalized spouse. Wow. Isn't that awful? Yeah, <laughs> it is. <laughs> well, I don't care to be in an institution myself. Well, and the one at home is the community spouse, which is a little more pleasant. Yeah. Yes, sounds like a whole community of people. But so. what, uh, what the state does is it looks at a couple's resources as a whole. So if you keep resources like 
bank accounts or whatever in separate names, it won't matter because they will look at you as a couple and count the total sum of what you own together. And then they allow the person that's going to stay at home to keep $119,000, and the person who is going into the nursing home can only keep $2,000. So um, it's, it's not a lot. The person at home can certainly stay in the house. They will not take the house. They will not uh, make you move or sell it or anything as long as there is a community spouse. So I know there are a number of different kinds of strategies and things that you can do to protect assets. Um, for example, I guess you could give it all away, but then you have to do it, what, at least five years ahead of time? Yes. Anything you do within five years prior to your entry to a nursing home means that you will have a penalty if you've given away your resources. I want to save a little bit of time near the end of our program this morning to talk about some of the other strategies, but I'd also like to mostly focus on long-term care insurance Mm -hmm. because that's very important. Now, uh, Tenny, do you have a long-term care insurance policy for yourself? I certainly do. I've had it since, um, let's see, 14, 15 years, something like that. Well, I actually have it here with me this morning. And let's see, it was dated November 5, 2002. So you've had it for 12 years. And uh, let's see, I was your spouse at the time. (laughs) Actually, that's been for decades, hasn't it? And uh, you have $150 a day of coverage. And that has been increased by a cost of living factor over the years. So you have a fair amount of coverage. And what that does is it protects you if you have to be in a nursing home. It also protects you if you, uh, it gives you coverage if you have to be in an assisted living residence. Not sure you were aware of that. And it also provides home health care. For, for over what term, Ray? Well, it's for um, the total amount, $150 a day is $328,500 is the policy limit. Mm-hmm. So you'd have to uh, divide that. I think it's, I think it's five six year. years. It's either a five or six year policy. Yeah. And that was good in hindsight when that was done because at the time this was taken out, the look back period for Medicaid was only three years. Right. But we had expectations that it was going to go higher. So what that means is that if Tenny went into the nursing home and I was at home, her long-term care insurance would cover much of the cost of a nursing home. They would take your social security check, um, and if you had any pension income or anything like that, they would take that. But then I could do whatever I chose to with all the rest of the assets and get them out of my name, for example, uh, give them to our children, for example, and then essentially we could fully protect everything. Yes, and that's why we took out a long, long long-term care policy so that we would be able to make some plans and and change some assets around during the term uh, of one year prior to the five-year look back. So take a look at long-term care insurance and at least get some quotations. And that's one of the things that I do in my office, uh, ladies and gentlemen, is if somebody is interested in finding out what the cost is, we can run numbers and get an actual quotation. Uh, Tenney's policy, for example, is written through John Hancock, which is one of the the better companies providing this. Mm -hmm. And um, we are licensed to do business with John Hancock, so we can get quotations from them. 
But most importantly, the policy has to be a qualified long-term care policy. Uh, typically, it's going to be a minimum of how many years, Denny? Well, let me talk a bit about um, okay. how long-term care does help you if you are uh, interested in protecting your house. And I believe that's what you're talking about with qualified. Sure. Let's talk about a minimum long-term care policy that would be designed to make sure that if you had to go into a nursing home, let's say your house was paid, the state would not be able to place a lien against your house and you could still be able to uh, collect Medicaid at some point. That's why I'm such a strong advocate for long-term care. Yes, the state of Massachusetts just reaffirmed its commitment that if you have a long-term care policy and it's for a minimum of $125 a day when you buy it, for a term of two years, then once you are into a nursing home and need Medicaid, the state will not place a lien on your house. It's the best way I know to uh, protect your own resources and to make sure that your house has protection against a Medicaid lien. Good. And, you know, one of the objections that people raise sometimes about getting a long-term care insurance policy is that it's expensive, and I've put all this money out for the premiums, and if I simply die in the future and don't go to the nursing home, um, I've wasted all that money. I don't get it back. A lot of the policies being written today are being written with a return of premium. Mm-hmm. So you pay a slightly larger amount for it, but essentially it has a life insurance component. So in the event of your death and you've never made a claim under the policy, your family will get back all the premiums that you've paid into the policy. I think that's a very good feature. But the uh, Importantly as well, though, long-term care policies, almost um, all of them, allow for home care. And yes. where would you rather be? Would you rather be taken care of and uh, have that cost paid for by long-term care at home, or would you rather be in a nursing home? That's a kind of no-brainer. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, that's an easy answer yeah. for everybody. You'd always obviously rather be at home. And that's, that's an important point. Long-term care policies are typically written so that it will cover care in a nursing home. Some will cover care in assisted living, as yours does, Tenny. And most will cover some kind of at-home care uh, as well. Um, and most policies are written, by the way, with inflation protection. So it could be simple cost of living. It could be 5% simple annual interest increase, which is what you have in your policy. Mm-hmm. I, I want everybody to understand that usually long-term care policies are not meant to cover the entire cost of a nursing home. For example, if a nursing home is 400 a day and I have $150 a day long-term care policy, there's still a gap of 250 a day that has to come from somewhere. Right. But uh, aside from whatever income I might have, then there could be a me- Medicaid supplement, and my house would still not get a lien on it. Yep, so you can fully protect the house. And I think that's what's most important to um, most people. By the way, typically the policy will also provide that if you do go to a nursing home, you no longer have to make any premiums on the policy. So there's a waiver of premium. Right. And that makes sense also. And um, you want to make sure when you do a long-term care policy that there's a lot of flexibility in terms of you're having the choice of where you want to be. Um, Most policies will have a waiting period. Think of a car insurance policy where you have a deductible. Nobody has coverage on their car that covers 100% of everything because it would be too expensive. Or your homeowners might even be a better example. You'll have a deductible. 
could be a $500 deductible or a $1,000 deductible. Long-term care insurance policies have something similar. They have a waiting period. And usually it's a 90-day period. So if you go into a nursing home for the first 90 days, the long-term care insurance policy doesn't pay anything. And the reason is because there's a possibility that you might get some Medicare reimbursement during that first 90-day period. Exactly. That's why they're written that way, I'm sure. And um, the, the thing to remember about Medicare, just to go back to that for one second, is that you have to have three admitted nights in a nursing home, I'm sorry, in a hospital before going to the nursing home. So be sure that your loved one is actually admitted for three nights and not just there on observation. So if you have any interest in finding out what would something like this cost, it's, it's age-related. The older you are, the more expensive it becomes. I'm working on a quotation right now for a lady who is, I think, 83 years of age. Mm-hmm. That's a little unusual. Usually people are not interested at that age because it's a lot more expensive. But we've got a family that has assets, and they want to get a quotation, so we're doing that. Uh, We typically see it uh, at a younger age. So uh, take a look at the benefits of long-term care insurance. And by the way, if you have a group plan through a place where you worked and you retire and you continue to be part of that group, you need to examine that carefully because often a group plan does not give you the same protection from the Medicaid lien that an individual plan does. So you need to be really careful in taking a look at that and having that evaluated. But also the group plans are usually much less expensive than individual plans, so you kind of trade off. I know, and sometimes people have said to me in the past, you know, well, I've got a group policy through work. You know, why do I need to look at a a regular individual policy, which is going to cost me more than through work? Well, it's for that reason that coverage might not protect your house against the, uh, the lien that they could place against your, your residence. So let's move on from um, long-term care insurance, uh, Tenny, for a minute. Talk about, I know there's some other kinds of strategies you can do if you want to protect your assets in your house, for example, like spend down. Is, tell us what spend down is. Well, spend down is not usually a very pleasant thing to do. It's um, spending your money on things that you might not have wanted to spend it on right away. For example, the funeral plans that I talked about. Uh, You can make any improvements to your house. So that's another spend down strategy. But you can't give it away. If you give it away, you're going to get a penalty. And the penalty is a period of time during which Medicaid will not pay for your care. And they look at all your records, don't they? Oh, they look at everything. Medicaid applications can get to be inches and inches and inches thick. And so you really can't hide your assets. That's very difficult. And I guess you have to worry about Medicaid fraud also. If you do things to really try to conceal assets, that could actually be fraud. Yes. I had a client uh, not all that long ago that over a five-year period had 32 separate bank accounts. And we had to Ooh. produce five years of records to show what happened to all of those bank accounts. Is that when so, you shut down the conference room for a week? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so consolidate, folks. <laughs> Make your <Yeah>. life easier. <laughs> well, there are a number of different strategies that you can do. Um, 
Now, what if somebody is a, a resident of Florida, for example? I know this is one of those off-the-wall questions. I, I know I have had people who have gone to Florida and spend six months there, and they become legal Florida residents. And then later somebody becomes ill and they want to come back to Massachusetts and go to a nursing home in Massachusetts. And the rules are different in Florida than they are in Massachusetts. So you need to think about whether you want to become a Florida resident carefully because you might not have the eligibility to come back to Massachusetts to be close to your family and qualify for state assistance here. Well, as I said at the beginning, Medicaid is a federal program. Um, So there are federal laws and federal regulations that have to be complied with. But importantly, it's implemented Every, in every state at the state level. And so there are state laws and state regulations that you have to comply with also. So Florida has a different set of laws and regulations than Massachusetts does, yes. Mm-hmm. And I know you do some other kinds of things besides just recommending long-term care insurance. I know you do something called an irrevocable trust for income only, something of that nature. Yes, that's uh, one type of an estate planning document. If people are comfortable with that, we uh, will often do an irrevocable trust that can hold your house. And if it's held in this trust for five years, then there is no way that the nursing home, or as I said that incorrectly, then the state can place a lien on it. Well, I... I have to tell you that in the event that you should ever have to be in a nursing home, I promise I will come and visit. <laughs> Isn't that reassuring? Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> Bring some rice pudding, Ray. <laughs> Bring chocolates. <laughs> uh, Tenny, Tenny likes bread pudding. Bread pudding. <laughs> and Blue? white wine. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> With a straw or something like that. Well... You know, most importantly, set some important goals for yourself, ladies and gentlemen. Think about your assets and think about what is important for you to try to protect and how can you get proper advice to make sure you can protect your assets. And one way I'm going to suggest is to go and see somebody like attorney Tenny Lance. Tell us again how we can get in touch with you, Tenny, how somebody can reach you. Well, we are reachable at 508 998 8800, and we're located on Fonts Corner Road at 352 across from Vanity Fair. And I want to emphasize also that it's not just a matter of setting goals. Um, If you really are concerned about protecting yourself and your families, you need to have in place various documents. You can't just sort of put your head in the sand and say, oh, well, We'll take care of that later. You need to take some action. You need to have. Give us a quick list of the kinds of documents somebody ought to have. We're we're nearing the end of our time here. Right. You ought to have estate planning documents, and they ought to include at least a will, and our preference is a living trust. But beyond that, you need a durable power of attorney for property, and you need health documents, the health care proxy, the HIPAA form, and a living will. Now, with those latter documents, you can keep your family out of probate court for such awful actions as guardianships and conservatorships. 
With those documents, your family can act on your behalf if you're not able and do the kinds of things that are necessary with your assets and with your body without going for guardianship and conservatorship. So we want to encourage people to not just sit and listen and say, this is an interesting piece of information, but take some action. You've got to do something very uh, forceful if you want to protect assets. And it's really not fair to your family to just say, oh, well, I'll think about that later. You need to think about it now. That reminds me of uh, Theodore Roosevelt, my dear friend, who once said, keep your eyes on the stars and your feet on the ground. Love it. <laughs> so, yes, have a vision and have ideas of what you want to do, but take some action mm-hmm. to protect your assets. Thank you, Attorney Tenny Lance, for being with us this morning. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for listening. And we look forward to giving you some information that will help you in the future. And, again, if we can provide any free reports to you, Call USA Wealth Group at 508-998-8858. Thank you for being with us. Thank you.